Welcome back to the Locker Room Podcast, hosted by the Sports Business Society at the University of Maryland. I'm Marco Medugno, and today I'm with Andy Perelman. Andy is currently the Vice President of Digital with the Pittsburgh Penguins. She's been with the Penguins since 2014, working in a variety of roles. Not long before that, she got her undergraduate degree from UMD. Andy, thanks for joining me. How are you today? I know it's I'm all good. team, so I hope you're not <laughs> too stressed right now. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. Just uh, planning for a million possible scenarios at this point. Hopefully we have some good news soon. All right. So to get started, I was just wondering if you'd go into your background a little bit. Um, how did you get started in your career in sports and ultimately land this role with the Penguins? Yeah, so um, when I was at Maryland, I wasn't really sure what I wanted to do for my career. Um, I was a government and politics major, and um, I really enjoyed my classes, but I wasn't sure, you know, what it would kind of take me into in my professional life. And um, I went to a um, grad school fair at, at Maryland and wanted to see kind of what was going on there and talk to a couple different programs that I thought were interesting. Um, and through that, I, I spoke to a student who went to Georgetown and did the sports industry management master's program. And I thought it sounded awesome. I learned a little bit more and I kind of decided that's where I wanted to take my life. And um, I applied, got in there, did the program, um, focused on strategic marketing, excuse me, new media and communication. And uh, then just lots of internships and uh jobs have kind of led me to where I am now, but it all kind of started through knowing what my interests were through classes at Maryland and going to that grad school fair and just talking to a lot of people and trying to um, hear what they liked about their programs and why. And yeah, I guess that's, that's the short version, I, I think. <laughs> and then um, for anyone that isn't aware of what being the vice president of digital entails, um, from my understanding, you're basically in charge of managing all digital interactions, including the website and social media channels like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, now TikTok, and coming up with new ways to engage with fans and build fan loyalty. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's a huge part of it. Um, the, the app also kind of falls under my purview a bit. Um, so we work on that. And then all of the integrations for partners um, on those digital platforms and the analytics behind um, all the performance of, of the content. Mm -hmm. So basically just everything on the internet, right? Yes, I'm a professional internet user <laughs> <laughs> and cell phone photo taker. Um, but we don't just tweet all day, you know? That's the, that's the misconception. Um, so yeah, really any, any digital touch point that Penguins fans are, are kind of seeing from the team or getting out all the news um, from the team, but then we're also social, so two-way. So having those conversations with fans, being there for customer service, um, kind of pushing our narrative, whether it's, you know, hockey is back or we're trying to look optimistic at what's coming or hype the playoffs um, or sell tickets, whatever that kind of is, we're kind of taking that message and then figuring out the best way to get it out to the fans in the, on, a, on the digital side. So, what exactly does a successful digital marketing campaign look like to you? Is it tons of likes, tons of shares, or is there other metric that you guys are looking at to determine if your campaign is working? Yeah, I think it depends on what campaign it is. So if um, our ticketing department says, hey, we need to sell tickets, then like 
I don't care so much about likes. I care about selling tickets because that's the purpose of the campaign. And if a partner comes to us and they say, we want, they say we have, we want to work with the penguins and our main goal is to get foot traffic or to get people to like our Facebook page or to collect email addresses, then that's our goal. And, um, I think for me, the, the shares and the replies and the comments, that's always what we care about on our end all the time, but it's not always the goal of the campaign. So, um, I think knowing what the mission is of the content or the project, and then working to make sure that we're hitting that mission while also kind of staying on brand and making sure that it's good content that our fans can feel good about. But that's always the baseline is good content that the fans can really enjoy and consume, um, you know, peacefully, <laughs> um, right. no matter what the objective is. Right. So how much of what you're posting then is based on your intuition versus market research? Um, <laughs> I don't know the exact breakdown. I would say um, we look at our analytics a lot and what works from a from content perspective and not every team is the same. You know, our, our brand is different than other sports teams brands. And um, we've done a lot of focus groups on how are the Penguins different than the Steelers or the Pirates and what kind of makes us unique and what makes our fans unique and where do we fit into the landscape and are we comfortable with where we fit? And I think knowing that in our brand, um, we, you know, we have brand pillars that are energy drive and innovation. And I think we hear kind of those things from our fans all the time. So when we ask fans um, if the penguins were a car, what kind of car would they be? If the penguins were an animal that wasn't a penguin, what, what kind of animal would we be? And we hear the same, the same things over and over. So we know kind of where we fit and we work within that framework. Um, we always look at what's trending and what's going on in the business, what other teams are doing, what other big brands are doing. Um, and I would say sometimes we try things out and we don't know exactly how they're going to work. And I think that's important for um, making good content is not really being afraid to kind of go out and try some new things. But I think we also look at things that we say, well, this is all under the umbrella of still being on brand for the Pittsburgh Penguins and something that we are um, comfortable staying on our platforms and making sure that it looks um, up to a certain standard. Mm -hmm. So, so which car would you say the penguins are? <laughs> um, so we usually hear um, things like BMW, Audi, um, usually something that's um, classy, but fast, um, like a sports car, something that's sleek, um, but but not necessarily that like Lamborghini it has to be like somewhat affordable, you know, we kind of hear the same things um, pretty regularly, um, you know, classy. Yeah, um, definitely a higher end car. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I drive a Jeep, so maybe I, I don't fit our brand perfectly myself, <laughs> but. <laughs> so when a new form of media comes out, be it TikTok in recent years, or even new app features like how Twitter just came out with fleets, which is basically just the same as Instagram or Snapchat story. So I don't know how new that actually is. But when those, those new forms of media come out, how quick are you to start taking advantage of them? Is it something where you want to be the first ones or do you wait it out and maybe see how other teams are using it to get more of a feel for it first? Yeah, I think it depends. Um, sometimes I think we know this is something we want to get in on and it looks really exciting and we know exactly how we intend to use it. Um, 
So a couple things that come to mind for that, we just started on a new text platform and we're the first professional team on it. And it's really uh, awesome because it's one-to-one. It's the same one that a lot of celebrities are using. It's called Community. Um, so you can really text back and forth with the fans and have it feel more like a social media interaction rather than like a press release that's going out and you don't really have that that conversation happening. So that that was huge for us. And, you know, we got in on that early. Um, we were also the first professional sports team on our app provider, which is Yinscam. And now they're huge. They have teams everywhere. So I think a couple times we've gotten in very early, but I would say in general, we, we like to be a, um, an early adopter, but not necessarily first. <laughs> um, it's good to see what other teams do and get an idea of what we like and what we don't like and what those metrics look like and what the learnings are. And anytime you're first, you kind of have to go through all the bumps along the way and you know make sure that you're looking into everything and spending a lot of time and figuring out your strategy and um, I think when I think early adopter which is generally how we go you know our snapchat was kind of like that our tiktok um, we look and see what other professional sports teams are doing other professional brands and then I think like the caps and the saints were very early on snapchat if I recall and we looked at both of those those teams and said like, what do we like about what the Saints are doing? And what do we like about what the Caps are doing? And what do we not like? And if we d- do this, you know, do we have the manpower to do it the way we want to do it? And um, yeah, it's always interesting. Sometimes you get in on a platform and then the platform dies right away and it's not as big as you thought it was going to be. Um, I know with live streaming, it was kind of like that. You know, we, we, we got a Meerkat account. We got a Periscope account. We weren't sure which one was going to kind of win out and the, streaming space and then Twitter bought Periscope and, you know, you can stream directly from Facebook and Instagram. And so I think a lot of things can kind of change um, at the drop of a hat. So being able to look at what some other teams and brands are doing is um, definitely helpful. So more, more and more brands are seeing the value in digital and social advertisements. Um, Every team kind of has to balance content that is geared towards a fan's and then sponsored content that is more for the corporate partners. So is finding that balance something that you struggle with? Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think that's probably anybody who works in digital would say finding that balance is always an ongoing, um, an ongoing thing you have to look at. I wouldn't say it's a battle because essentially I think when we look at our partnership team and our digital team, um, we always are working together to figure out the best way to accomplish what the partner is trying to achieve and then what the team is trying to achieve from, you know, a, a digital end. And I think that kind of goes back to what I was saying before with understanding, okay, well, what, what is the partner trying to do with this piece of content? You know, what is their main objective? And then how do we take that main objective and marry it with what we are trying to do? So, um, I think what you said in the question was, you know, like things that are for partners and things that are for fans. And we just, it can't be like that. It needs to be both every time. So if, if a partner is included, it needs to be something that's good for the fans and it needs to be um, something that achieves the goal for the partner. And I think um, it's just being creative to figure out what those pieces of content are that kind of accomplish both at the same time. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not, it's not always easy depending on who the partner is. Some brands are very easy to engage fans or conversation around certain products, right? So like 
one of our partners is Milkshake Factory. And it's easy to talk about milkshakes. Everyone loves milkshakes. Like you can go get one on a whim, like they're delicious. And like this brand is great. And then, you know, you look at other partners that are like, I don't know, a law firm or like an insurance company. And it's like, okay, well, you have to get a lot more creative on those. Um, but I think, you know, we've always found a way to do it. And our partnership team always kind of pushes for what their partner is looking for. And we always look at, at what that partner is needing. And sometimes we'll push back and try and kind of lean it in our favor, but we always end up finding kind of a happy meeting medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely think that the best ads are the one that's hidden in content. The ones that don't even really look like an ad when you, um, first and I think too, there's, there's place, there's a place for ads and there's a place for co-branded content, right? So I think sometimes if a partner really is looking for an ad, that's what they should be doing is an ad and they can have an ad on our website and they can have an ad on our app and it's a place where ads live. Um, But when it comes to social, it's always co-branded. Like we're never just going to be posting an ad. Right. Um, So um, a few years back, I I read a story about how you and the Penguin social team helped a fan who needed a kidney find a donor. So I thought it was a really great story. So I wanted to give you the chance to tell it in your own words about how it all went down. Yeah. Um, awesome, awesome moment working in sports on that one for sure. So um, we, we were at a game and um, I saw a fan with a, a very large neon sign. Um, I couldn't really read it. So I sent down um, one of our game night employees who takes photos um, and said like, Hey, can you, can you get a picture of this girl with a sign? I don't know what's saying. It's pretty normal for us to take pictures of fans with signs and try and highlight the atmosphere of a game. And so she went down, showed me the sign. Um, obviously abnormal sign when somebody is asking for, you know, an internal organ, um, not what you're used to seeing, um, in a sporting event. So, um, I, I looked at it and, um, we kind of, our team kind of was like eye in the sky a little bit. We're in the press box and we talk about our content throughout the game. And before the game, we said, well, this is like, this is like pretty, pretty crazy. And her sign, you know, had a, had a phone number and, um, you know, it said calling all Penguins fans. I need a kidney, kidney, kidney. Um, and we put it out there, tweeted, um, Penguins fan seeking hero and a ton of people started reaching out and tweeting right away. Um, speaking to her afterwards, a ton of people started calling the phone number right away and trying to figure out, you know, what's your blood type? How does this work? Um, you know, the power of sports is really the community and bringing people together. So um, that was just really cool. And then the best part of it all is that um, a fan saw it on Twitter and um, ended up reaching out. He wasn't even at the game. He wasn't um, even in the state, actually. I think he's from Delaware. And he, he said, well, he's a Penguins fan, originally from Pennsylvania, but living in out, out of state and said um, that he wanted to donate his kidney. And we kind of got to follow along through the story of him donating. And his name's Jeff and Kelly getting her new kidney um, we brought them to a game and they met our ownership and they met the players and came to the locker room and um, 
yeah, just amazing story of like the power of social media. I think so many times you see so many negative things uh, on social media, especially lately um, in this year where just the whole world is in kind of chaos. So um, to have a moment like that where, you know, social is being used for good and really bringing people together for um, to help someone um, was cool. And, you know, we did only a small part of it, but um, that small part seem to make like a huge difference in just bringing people together right I was gonna say it's it's sometimes hard to remember the good that comes from social media because it does feel like a lot of it is bad but it's moments like those that remind you that there are some great things too that come out of it yeah yeah it's, it's hard sometimes working in social right like even with the team I think everyone's always on this like emotional roller coaster of like I'm so happy or I'm so angry and like a lot of the time you can't control that right? Like I don't, the team wins, the team loses. There's nothing I can really do about that. Um, so to be find positive moments outside of, of the hockey and um, yeah, that, that's awesome stuff. And a lot of that is customer service and just listening to the fans and really being able to share those messages. Yeah. And then you get the um, angry fans, I'm sure in your replies asking you to trade for uh, some player, sign the biggest free agent and you're just the social media person. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I do not pass those along to our general manager. If anyone's <laughs> listening that would like to tweet me about trades that they'd want us to make, I, I don't share those. Um, <laughs> but if, if there are really like legitimate complaints and things going on, I do pass those things up the flagpole. Um, but yeah, no, I don't, I don't call up Jim Rutherford and say, hey, the fans would like to trade for so-and-so. <laughs> right. So have, have you kept in touch at all with uh, Jeff? And I forget who is the, the girl's name. Kelly. Kelly. Yeah, every once in a while I'll hear I'll hear from Kelly um, or her family. Um, you know, I'm <laughs> I've met her husband and her mother, and um, it's uh, we're all Facebook friends, and so it's, I see that they're they're doing well, and I'm sure they'll hit me up when they come back to to games. They come every every year and kind of check out a few games. So um, hopefully, you know, we we're playing hockey soon, and hopefully we have fans in the building, and you know, they can come up and and say hi. Um, but yeah, really, really cool story. And, um, just, you know, it's just, it's just cool. Like you never expect when you start working in social or working in hockey that you can kind of have that kind of impact on, on people. And, um, that's definitely one of my favorite stories from, from working at Penguins. Yeah, that's awesome. So, um, we end all our episodes with a segment that we call the Maryland Minute, where I'm just going to ask some quick, fun, informal questions, um, a little bit about your time in Maryland. Oh, Does no. good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Feels like a long time ago. Hopefully I remember everything. <laughs> so um, starting off, we asked all of our UMD alums this, but what's your favorite restaurant in the College Park area? Oh. Um... Oh my gosh. I'm trying to think of like which places I went to. Um, so there's a, the sushi place that was near the old uh, library that's not a library anymore. Um, I'm lost. <laughs> oh my God. I like don't even remember what it's called. There was a sushi place right on Route 1 that was like right across from campus um, that I went to with my friends all the time. And it's not like an exciting place. It was just like one of those places with cheap sushi. We went there all the time. Um, we used to get bubble tea from Tenrens. I know that, I think that's still there. 
Yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't go there to be honest, but um, I think it's there. Chipotle, obviously like Chipotle was not in Pittsburgh when I went to Maryland. So um, being able to go to college and be like, Oh my God, there's a Chipotle here. And now they're everywhere. Um, I remember telling my dad, like he should buy stock at Chipotle when I went to college I'm like this place is like gonna make it huge and like since then obviously has grown quite yeah you were right he should have <laughs> <laughs> so um do you have one favorite memory from UMD that stands out so that could be like a sporting event or maybe some other event anything in particular um so I played frisbee in college so I have a lot of um happy memories of just um playing ultimate with with the with the girls and going to tournaments and i think um i did that with the women's hockey team i managed the team for part of my senior year and i feel like uh those things with the people you know are always the things that stand out i think that's kind of how things go in sports too is like you remember not necessarily like which game you attended or which practice was the most fun or whatever but um just making friends and um, having a good time on campus and meeting, meeting new people. Right. So um, now moving on, I know, I know you're big on Twitter. So I was just wondering, are you on team 140 characters or team 280? Oh, no one's ever asked me that before. <laughs> That's a hard question. When 280 came on, I'll say I was very excited because I was like, this is not enough space. That being said, a better tweet is 120 rather than 280. So um, I sure. like having the flexibility, but I'll probably say 140. I think it makes everybody's tweets cleaner. <laughs> what about like button or favorite button? Um, on Twitter? Yeah, because they used to be the favorite button. They were the only social media that didn't have a like button, but then they changed I'll, it. To be like I'll say button. I like the like button just because then it's consistent from a metrics perspective. Right, that's true. I, I like the favorite because it was unique, but I agree with you on the 140 characters. For sure. So if you can get any Pittsburgh Penguin to make a TikTok with, with you, which one would you pick? And then which trend are they doing too? So I, I've been very lucky that um, Sidney Crosby recently made a TikTok for us. <laughs> um, I never thought that that would ever happen. Um, especially remotely without our help. Um, but he somehow managed to pull it off recording himself and, and sending us clips. So um, I should give him credit before, you know, <laughs> tossing it somewhere else. I think that was pretty awesome. Um, I'd love to do um, a TikTok with more than just one player and without existing footage. So if we had a bunch of guys, I know one of the ones that's popular now and the Steelers recently did it was I think maybe actually Juju might have posted it on his account, but um, that trend where you like pick between two things and you kind of like go off to the side of whichever thing you're choosing. Um, we did like a, a version with the guys skating certain ways from existing footage, but I would love to have them all lined up and um, ask a bunch of like more personal questions and get to know the guys that way. And it's pretty rare that we have them all kind of in one place ready to just do a silly video. So especially these days who knows you know how close we're going to get to the player when the season starts but i think that that's probably top of the list yeah that would that definitely be pretty cool on ice i know i know the steelers are very big on tiktok with juju and chase claypool so hopefully that encourages some of the penguins to get on board too hope so <laughs> 
And then um, lastly, what's just one piece of advice that you would give to a student who wants to either work in sports or anyone who might want a job specifically in sports media? Um, I would say really understand what the teams are doing. So look through the content and see what series are common and what could be added and what's not performing well. Like look at the metrics. Cause I think so often you get into an interview and you say, Hey, like, what do you like about our content? And it like, you know, there's just not a full understanding. And I think if you kind of demonstrate that you've really looked at it and analyzed it and said, here's what I want to add, or here's what other teams are doing that I think you could do that looks really cool. Um, kind of just shows what you can bring to the table um, rather than just kind of posting or filling it, filling in the gaps or updating web pages. It's really like taking a, a stance and be able to bring new ideas forward and um, ideas that should fit based on what you know about the team. So I would say do your research um, and take the time to really understand what you're looking at. Right. So um, that, that's all I have for today. Um, don't forget to subscribe to the Locker Room Podcast and follow the Sports Business Society on Instagram at SBS underscore UMD. Um, thanks again, Andy, for coming on the pod. And I look forward to seeing some of the creative content that the Penguins are going to come out with in the future. Awesome. Yeah, follow us on TikTok. <laughs> yeah, I will. And hopefully you guys get more uh, organ donors. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, ho I hope we can do more things like that. <laughs> right. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for having me.